They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello there, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian mm-hmm. Shepherd. Joining me this evening, I've got President of Somerset County Cricket Club, uh, Sir Peter Wanless, the voice of cricket on BBC Radio, Somerset Anthony Gibson, Somerset CCC digital guru Ben Warren has just gone beep beep, and I'm about to let him in now, a couple of minutes late. Evening, Ben. How you doing? How we doing? All right. Good, good. And uh, yeah, so we're sitting pretty at the top of the South Group of the Vitality Blast. Three wins out of three. And who better to chat about that with than uh, one of the all-time greats for Somerset in the shortest format of the game. Leading T20 wicket-taker, Max Waller. Maxie, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on this evening. That's all right. Uh, glad uh, glad you can make it tonight. Uh, no uh, nursery mishaps today for little Milo. <laughs> maybe yeah. you were otherwise engaged last week. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, what have you uh, made of this uh, the start to the Blast campaign? Well, it's been brilliant. Uh, the guys have got all bases covered, it seems. Um, haven't really been tested too much yet. Uh, probably the, the closest game is the Sussex game, but they've they've absolutely punished uh, uh, Hampshire on a, on, a, on a helpful wicket, let's say. Um, and then they played very well against Glamorgan last night um, and to get over the line um, albeit in a, in a closer game than it should have been at Sussex yeah they've started really well and uh, they've looked like yeah they look like they've got a really good side this year um, yeah they're in good, good position to win the competition I think yeah I mean you're obviously only sort of retired last year so you, you'll still be really acquainted with all the uh, the guys and all, all the personalities in, in that dressing room do you, do you uh, who do you kind of see being the the big players for Somerset this year that haven't sort of quite come to the maybe come to the party yet? Although they all pretty much have, really. Yeah, I think I think Smead started slowly, but um, I think he's got going to have a, a knock around the corner, I'm sure. Um, and he just needs one knot to get him going, I guess. He doesn't play much cricket, having uh, having just signed a wobble contract. Actually, uh, going to the start of the competition with probably not a huge amount of uh, cricket, in, uh, especially um, that level of cricket that you need to be ready for a competition like like the Blast. Um, but so that's that's probably one player that I think will come good at some point soon. Um, but obviously the the signing of the two overseas seamers has has just made the the side really well rounded. Um, obviously bringing Cole Cadmore um, as a light for light replacement for for Riley Rousseau actually allowed Somerset to, to go down the bowling option route um, for the overseas players, which I think worked really well actually. Yeah, sounds really good. Um, yeah, I mean I think you said it there when you know they said that Somerset have got all bases covered in the, in this uh, in this tournament in this format of the game um possibly one where they haven't really got a proven performer is in that second spinner role so do you think we'll just go for the sort of the you're, you're smiling there i mean it's just he's just a phone call away sarge i'm sure he's just a phone call away um we have, of course you've got show bashir um who's uh, in the squad for tomorrow craig overton's rested have, have you seen much of uh, young sherb done any work with him in the, in the nets or anything no, I haven't seen a huge amount, but I've had some really, really good feedback from the guys. I think he's actually a very, very good spinner. Um, I know he's pretty one-dimensional. I don't think he's he's too sharp in the field or, or bats much, but he's a fantastic bowler. Um, if they are playing on a helpful wicket, obviously his four overs could be could be vital. But uh, Gold's really got four for today, I think, in the mm-hmm. second team and, and scored some runs. So he's definitely going to be um, that second spinner role, I guess, if they were going to play two spinners. I think he'd be the next one in. Um, and he obviously he can bat as well, so it just adds depth that batting, which is obviously very strong anyway. Um, but uh, Lambie's obviously struggled to start the competition, and potentially that number five spot actually Goldsworthy with his spin option could be could be the one way to go, I guess. Um, obviously, uh, Sean Dixon's been going well as well in the, in the second team of the bat, so he, he's someone else they could potentially bring in that middle order. But um, I think they'll they'll stick with Lambie for a little while, um, uh, as they should. He's done fantastically well over the last few years. So um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure Lewis would be the the next second spinner. Second spinner in if we we're going to go that route. Yeah, just double checking the squad for tomorrow. Goldsworthy's not in it, but Bashir is. Um, yeah, so Gregory Abel, Aldridge, Banton, Bashir, Davy Green, Henry, Cola, Cadmore, Lambie, Siddle, Smead, and uh, Van der Merwe in the squad for tomorrow. So uh, I know you'd love to get Lewis in there, <laughs> Gibbo. You're a big, uh, big champion of Lewis Goldsworthy. Um, yeah, I am. Um, and Tom Lambie isn't in any sort of form at all. Uh, he really st- he struggled down at Hove on on Friday and was out very early on last last time. And uh, Hove he never really 
looks if he was going to get any runs. Um, but he's a very talented player. So I, I agree with Max. I think he'll get another chance and, and quite right too. But I think this is, you know, this is one of the strongest T20 sides I've seen Somerset put in the field. Max would know better than me. But, I mean, I think this, this side can... Gibbo does this. He starts off on one and then he, he freezes and then it will move himself inside where the Wi-Fi is a little bit better. Yeah. No, I won't. I'll stay out here. But, um, you know, I think this is as good as the... Um, as... No, he's gone again. We, we agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if that's a backhanded compliment or not there, Max. He's... Uh... <laughs> You've retired, and Gibbo's up there saying this is the strongest. <laughs> no, no, I'm team. talking about the side that Max played in. Oh, is it? Um, no, yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's, it's very, very strong. I, I do agree with Gibbo. This is a very strong side. Obviously, you're playing some fantastic teams, with likes of Butler, and Pollard, and Kiesvetter, and Triscothic, and, and other names that are fantastic cricketers for some sort of a long period of time. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this side is, is probably up there with as, as any of those sides that I played in. So um, yeah, they've got, like I say, a fantastic chance of. Of doing really well in this competition, um, obviously get to the knockout stages. I don't think being that being a problem, but um, obviously when you get there, it's uh, who performs best on the day. And um, T20 is a bit like that. If one guy's a day out, it, it can it can uh, ruin the ruin the evening. But um, hopefully, Somerset come good this year. They've got, yeah, I say, real, real good side and all bases covered. So you've got quite a busy year coming up, Max. Uh, testimonial season. Uh, that all kicked off on seventeenth uh, of March uh, with a dinner with uh, with Joss up at the county ground, and then uh, plenty of events planned uh, uh, all through this year. But uh, yeah, how does it how does that feel to be uh, given a testimonial by the club uh, that you've uh, turned up for, for for a number of years? Yeah, fantastic. Obviously, delighted and, and very proud. Um, I went to a number of events for other players throughout the year, and the, the legend of the club, and um, to be awarded one. Um, obviously, saying I'm yeah, very very pleased and grateful for. Um, Seems a bit bizarre having having retired and, and then having one this year, but um, uh, no, like I say, absolutely, absolutely brilliant, and um, yeah, trying to make the most of it. Had a fantastic opening dinner at, at the ground uh, on seventeenth of March, and Joss came down, which is nice to see him again. I don't see him a huge amount, but testament to him that he was uh, so so willing to help me after I've not really seen him or spoken to him for a long period of time, and um, kind of worked around his his schedule. He's obviously an extremely busy man um, with the RPR and stuff and England duties, so. Um, to have him there at the ground was was brilliant, and those those that were there that evening, I'm sure sure enjoyed his his company. Um, I've got a few things coming up this month, um, or sorry, June. Um, down in South Devon, I've got a, a a cricket match against South Devon. They usually do something down at Newton Abbott um, for most testimonial years, and we've we've uh, jumped on board. and They've been brilliant in, in supporting me this year, um, so they're going to host a, host an event down there. Hopefully, get some some of the or most of the T20 side down there and. And a few bigger names to do a Q and A before the start of the game. Well, saying about bigger names, Max, I had an email from Tractor today asking about tickets. So I don't think you can get a bigger name than Tractor down there. So yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> I haven't seen Tractor for a long time, but um, yeah, no, that'd be brilliant to have your support. And and, and yeah, if, if you are, if anyone is around um, uh, down the South Devon area, please do please do come along. It'd be should be a fantastic evening, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Just want to get all the the paperwork out of the way of all, all the stuff that's been going on. But yeah, we've uh, we've had the Somerset uh, testimonial guys down for a number of years. Uh, yeah, Chris Gale um, uh, making a guest appearance for Pete Trigo's testimonial way back in in 2015. That uh, yeah, that was just a a ridiculous night. Uh, have a look on YouTube; it's absolutely uh, incredible. Well, number one, the amount of rum that he drank, and number two, uh, the way he just threw himself into it. Just. Uh, just a legend of a man, just an absolute legend of a guy was uh, the world boss. Um, yeah, so what does uh, what does kind of the future hold for you now, Maxi? Now you sort of uh, you've hung your spikes up. Um, you've gone straight into coaching. Uh, something I wanted to do post plan. I feel like I've I've got a lot to give um, in the in the coaching department. Uh, still, obviously, need to get a lot of experience because it's very different to playing. Uh, as I'm sure you guys are aware, um, it's a it's a very unselfish skill as a coach and. As a player, it's just, even though you're playing in a team, it's a pretty selfish thing to do. So, um, professional sport. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that journey. Uh, I'll start at XT University full time with uh, with Alex Barrow, who's uh, it's head of cricket down there, um, and yeah, working with him closely, which has been really good. Um, working both with men and women, um, both high performance stuff, and um, do the fielding for the Somerset Academy, which has been brilliant. Matt Drakeley's got me involved in that. Um, 
again working with some really good talented young lads um and the western storm women uh, have been doing their fielding in the winter as well so i've been keeping busy uh, and lots of kind of kind of quite diverse as well so working with men and women um at different levels so yeah really enjoying it um it's just the start of the journey i want to mm-hmm. want to see how far it can take me um uh kind of want to i think long term want to specialize in the, in the fielding consultancy side of, side of things because uh fielding is my big passion as well as obviously offering some some assistance with uh, some spin bowling and, and especially in wild cricket you got to sort of keep your hat, your art going as kind of a, a side gig as well. And no, I think that ship sailed. I think that was a <laughs> that was a, a bit of a, a COVID um, hobby. I think I had a lot of time in my hands and ended up um, doing some art to, to kill some time. I don't have that time anymore. Um, having a, a, a got a little one since then and, and a second one on the way soon. So um, yeah, I won't have time to sit down and do some art for for hours on end, unfortunately. Oh, that's a that's a shame. I mean, that that thing you did for Trez, the uh, that picture, that was uh, a really special moment. Any any Somerset uh, fan watching that YouTube video that that Ben put together, that little presentation in the uh, in the indoor school had a had a dry eye, and I'm just uh, welling up thinking about it. I promise myself I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> so, uh, moving along, I'm obviously you know a, a tremendous career over a number of years for yourself at uh, uh, Taunton. What are the memories that really kind of stick out for you over that uh, sort of ten fifteen years or so? Um, I think I think that every time I played T20 under lights, I think it's an amazing atmosphere. Um, I missed that the first time I went to a game actually the other day, not being involved, and um, I definitely missed the missed the buzz of being out there um, with the lads, um, especially taking wickets and, and catches in the outfield, and and missing that that interaction with the fans and, and that and the, the vibe around the ground. Uh, um, it's very very different as a spectator, and I find that obviously found it quite difficult. Um, it's just yeah, it's just very very different, and, and definitely something I miss that 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 feeling of being out there with the, with the guys, uh, being successful. Obviously, won a lot of games at Taunton, so um, I'll, I'll miss that feeling uh, definitely. And it's obviously some great memories as well, which is things to look back on and, and stuff I'm very proud of. Um, the the Champions Leagues I went on um, to India, playing at some of the best players in the world in different conditions was was pretty special. Um, I missed my first my first class debut again. Was one of those things that uh, sticks quite fondly in, the mem- in my memory because that's what we wanted to do when I first started out was play four day cricket and um, grew up watching Shane Warne and he was fantastic at Test cricket and uh, wanted to try and emulate um, what he was doing at the time and um, obviously got nowhere near <laughs> the, the successes he had. But um, uh, yeah, no, all four day cricket was always a, a strong passion I wanted to wanted to achieve and and play more of. Um, obviously, my career didn't work out that way, but um, yeah, my debut and we. We won a game at Hove. Um, with Alfonso took five for, and but I got a couple of wickets. I think I got Matt Pryor in the first innings, and and those sort of memories, the things that you don't forget. Um, uh, yeah, some of the players I played against and with are pretty special, and uh, yeah, I've got some 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 fun memories. I've got a few celebrations to look back on it, on on videos and stuff that Ben had put together in, in the past, so it's just pretty cool. And so I'll always have good memories, and I think that's what life's about: creating memories and um, special moments. And yeah, I've definitely got a few of those from from my career. I think one that sticks out for all Somerset fans is uh, the AB de Villiers catch off Tom and Ammonby at uh, uh, sort of Cal Corner. Can you can you sort of remember that in your in your mind, kind of what happened there, and just sort of a little bit in, a little bit of a back pedal, and boom, up goes the arm, and then the yeah, yeah, probably probably actually a night to forget for me for the ball, and, and we and we lost, but um that that yeah. one one ball individual moment um. Yeah, it was yeah. It was the, the the atmosphere at the ground was fantastic that evening. Um, so yeah, the catch was instinctive. I was probably a little far in actually on those boundaries at Taunton, so a couple of yards too far in, and uh, ended up having to backpedal a couple of yards. But he obviously the, the noise off the bat is incredibly crunched. It um, yeah, stuck over hand, got off the ground, and um, like I said, proud myself. I feeling, but if I dropped that, I'd have been a, a serious dark place. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's one of those things that stick. I t- took one actually fairly similar to that. That was before four of stuff were recorded at, at, at Canterbury off Sam Billings in in a one day game of Tim Tim Grunewald a demon wicket similar sort of thing. But hit the floor. Um, just one of those things you practice in training, and um, some sometimes in the game they stick, sometimes they don't. But yeah, to, have to again create memories like that. Um, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, you're right. There was a highlight of an otherwise uh, <laughs> a little bit of a night to forget. We just ran into two of the best players in the world in uh, A. B. and Owen Morgan playing at their best, and they just seemed to be an irresistible force yeah, that night. Tom, a- Tom Abel got a hundred. That wasn't bad. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, I remember the hundred and one of forty-five balls, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I remember I, a catch that, that Max took at the Aegeus Bowl, running towards the hotel with the ball coming over his right shoulder, and he, he flung yourself towards the hotel and, and caught it two-handed, yeah. just an inch or two. I thought that was one of the best catches I've ever seen. Yeah, I think that probably, uh, for a difficulty perspective, I think it was a difficult, more difficult catch, actually. The, the lights yeah. at Aegeus aren't, aren't brilliant. It was, a, it was a really windy evening. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, I did made some yards, and I just remember getting up, just shouting in Baba's face. Baba was hugging me, which is again pretty cool. It was just an amazing moment, brilliant catch. Yeah, and got the guys around me. That's definitely a definitely a higher level catch, I'd say. The one, the AB Davis one, was a bit more instinctive, but yeah, no, yeah, down in the field, I like to feel like I've I've contributed as well as my bowling. My fielding is obviously something that I pride myself on. So yeah, no, to be able to. To be able to hold on to some good catch over the years as well is pretty pleasing. One, one of my um, favourite Max catches, I think, was, uh, uh, you won't remember, the, well, you might, Max, was um, at Chelmsford. And I think it was um, Dan Lawrence. And let's just say it wasn't your best ball ever. And he just tonked it straight up in the air back to you. And, uh, and I just remember everyone looked at one another as if, how did that happen? And it was just hilarious. Um, to see these poor Essex uh, supporters seeing uh, uh, a wicket falling quite like that. But there you go, they all count. Well, thankfully, I don't remember that one, actually. I, I do remember most of my wickets, but I don't remember that one. I've had a few short balls as well over the years. Uh, yeah, no, I don't remember that one, but I'm sure I've landed a few balls uh, close to my feet and, and got some wickets for them. So, um, yeah, I say they all count. Say, no pictures in the book. And thankfully, there's no record in the uh, video of that one either. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Ben, I mean, you've obviously uh, put together hours and hours of stuff, um, of, of footage and stuff, compiling sort of highlight videos and things like that, and obviously watching uh, Maxi's career over the years. What's your uh, best memories of, uh, of Maxi? Oh, yeah, I mean, let's say so many great moments. And, uh, yeah, it's been an absolute privilege over the time to, to work with Max. Um, loves the stat, Max. If I'm if I'm wrong on anything, you'll, you'll soon soon correct me on the stats side of things so you keep me on my toes with with that but yeah i think i think just the way that you went about it and just the way that you interacted with the fans on social media you weren't a, a robot or a puppet like you weren't scared to speak your mind and, and tell people your opinion and i think people respected that and i think people respected you as a as a cricketer but also how you went about it so i think that's what i'll remember is that you know you're always very keen to get involved in any community projects any filming projects that we needed to do if if, a, if someone wanted a birthday shout out you were always one of the ones to put your hand up and say yeah i'll do it i'll do it and uh you're always a content day coming up going up to birmingham doing all the ecb content videos and stuff so yeah i think just that, that's the biggest thing that will stand out for me it's just not just what you did on the field but how you went about it and how you acted in a professional and personable manner really that re that mentioned about the stat reminds me that catch that he took at the Aegeus Bowl was initially credited to someone else wasn't it Max and you and I and Polly Rhodes got together and had the scorecard changed I can't remember who it was now but it might have been Barbara Zam but it was it was the most brilliant catch you've ever seen and next morning you looked in the paper and somebody else had caught it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I that think footage of that one. We struggled yeah. to get footage, didn't we, Max? I think about a GS ball catch. I think Hampshire, because they lost quite badly, refused to yeah. put out highlights. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember, remember we, had, we were messaging each other and saying, oh, "How can we get hold of the footage?" So we had we both sort of messaging various people at Hampshire cricket just to say, "Appreciate you probably um, don't want to put your highlights up, but any chance that we could get a couple of bits from from the game." We do love them, don't we? This <laughs> is long before the days of broken camera live streams and things like that. But uh, yeah, we got it eventually, didn't we? Yeah. Well, if you've still got it, Ben, stick it up because I'm sure the the listeners would love to uh, love to see that uh, uh, that particular catch. Uh, while we're on stats, Max, seven point six seven. I believe that is your economy rate in T20s at Taunton. That's that's. Pretty decent for the highest scoring T Twenty ground in the world, bowling wrist spin. How how do you? I think I remember you uh, having a little wry smile after. Was it Matty McKinnon got smashed for about eighty five in four overs, and 
He's sort of looking around saying, yeah, it's not how your bowl legs been at Taunton, my laddio. Uh, what's, what's the, how, what's the sort of the, the, your method then for, for bowling in, in uh, T20s at Taunton? I think I think you need a different skill set to be honest. To you see, most most spinners come to Taunton and really struggle. Actually, um, I'd say nine times out of ten, Ruloff and I would have would have outbowled the opposition spinners at Taunton just just through know how and um, how you bowl there is very different to how you bowl any other ground. I think in in, in the competition, um, potentially Chelmsford's the only one that's fairly similar, um, just because the size of the ground um, and the wicket being so good, but. Like Taunton's, Taunton's, it doesn't leave straight. So you've got to find other ways to deceive batters. And, and actually, mindset, I think, is different there at Taunton compared to other places. I think at Taunton, you have to be really almost like a defensive mindset and accept ones are, ones are good, ones are winning. Um, if you get the odd dot, then the over looks really good if you're not going for boundaries. So shutting down the boundaries, I think the side that hits the most boundaries at Taunton generally wins the game. So um, I'm not 100% on that stat, but it, it definitely, definitely over the years, it's. It's been it's been the way, and and you see how Ruloff bowled the other night compared to Hatsig. I know he's in a bit behind to nothing. They need only one fifty, but uh, Hats, is it Doglu? Is that uh, yeah. It's worth a lot of Scrabble, however you pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, anyway, but he's he's, a, he's an international bowler. He's played franchise cricket. And he's gone for us for fifty. First time he's played there. I've been at Taunton where Majid's gone for forty-five, fifty, and and yeah, over the years I haven't gone for. I think mean, I think my the record's like I've gone for forty four times or three times. The most I've ever gone for is forty three in a game. Um in, in T twenty cricket over hundred and forty games is pretty um something I'm very obviously very proud of and, and yeah, yeah. Ben's right about the stats. I do my do know my stats, but when they, when there's stats like that and you look back and think, uh, yeah, that that's pretty skillful to be fair to be able to to be able to put numbers on like that on the board. Um but again that's thanks to Roloff. Roloff Roloff again is, is he bowls at the tough end, he bowls at tough times, um, which allows me to bowl through the middle and potentially be um, a, a, a slightly easier role, but still having to do a successful job for the side. Um, it's definitely a know-how, definitely a, a feeling and understanding. Actually, being defensive, I think, in a mindset perspective, um, people are saying, "Yeah, take wickets to to extend the run rate," and yeah, absolutely. But you, you create wickets by not going for any boundaries um, for sure, because then batters taking more risks and potentially doing things that you want them to do uh, and not their plan A. Well, you say about bowling the middle overs, but of course you did bowl the the first over of the innings quite often, uh, sort of towards the end of your career. Is that something that you sort of stuck your hand up and said, "I think this would be a good idea," or were you kind of twisted your arm into doing that? How did that come about? Um, a little bit. I did a little bit in the second team. Did really well, and and, and I think it's one of those overs. Actually, people say it's a tough over. Yes, half they have two fielders out, but actually it's a nice over because batters batters don't really um, come out all guns blazing unless it's Finch and Roy. But even then, I remember them them two having a look and knocking me knocking that first over around just to get themselves in. So. First, it's quite a nice over to bar. Actually, ask ask anyone that does it, they'll, they'll say it's quite a nice over. Um, I remember part timers actually did it for a little while, bowling off spin and stuff. When when because batters don't generally opening batters want to face pace on the ball um, in in the first few overs, to, especially the power play ball flying around everywhere. Um, and then they started doing part timers, and then spinners generally started doing it um, more, more frequently, and it's been quite a successful thing. I know at the moment the wicket how it is. I think Craig Owen. And Henry licking their lips, um, bowling that first over the new ball. But um, we'll we'll see what the next few wickets are like, and and it might be something that that they get Roloff to do. Because um, yeah, I think it's it's an over that's it's a nice over to bowl, and um, if you know what you're doing, there's an opportunity to take wickets if if a bat does take a risk. Great stuff. Well, thanks, Maxi. Uh, it's been great hearing about uh, uh, all your careers and your and your highlights and uh, your thoughts on on the current T20 side. Should we have a look back at the first these first three games then? Hampshire at Taunton on Wednesday, repeat of last year's semi-final, what was on paper a really tough game, and bang, they're all out for 74. After a ridiculous opening spell from uh, Craigo, bowled his, uh, his full four on the spin, uh, four overs, no maidens, three for eight. Uh, Matt Henry at the other end, picking up two for, two for 32. Uh, pitch had a bit of life in it to start with, but uh, I don't think it was particularly misbehaving as badly as uh, some people have, have said it was. But yeah, shooting Hampshire out for 74, chasing it down in 10 overs. Perfect start. Yeah. yeah. I think you go, Well, no, i just say it was a pretty juicy pitch. I mean, it, there was there was quite a significant seam movement and there was pace and bounce. And uh, Overton and, and Matt Henry made the absolute most of it. And it was one of those evenings when whatever could go right did go right. 
and there'll be other evenings when it'll be the other way around but they, they were they were brilliant the only thing that worries me is will smead's rustiness not having played any top level cricket for a long time i thought he looked better last night just beginning to time the ball but he, he, even the six that he hit it didn't really time properly but he'll, he'll he'll come back and um tom banton i think it's really matured i think he's batting much better I, I spoke to him last night he said he's not he's not premeditating as he has done and you know decided what he shot he's going to play before the bowlers bowled him uh, he's waiting until the ball's coming down and then making his mind up and, and mark davis who Max knows very well and sends you his regards, Max. Good old pooch. He says he, he reckons that Tom Tom has uh, got a little less bottom hand in his shots now as well. So he's stronger through the offside and he hit a lovely straight drive down the ground last night as well. So that's that's a real plus. But um, no, I think uh, the only thing that has worried me slightly uh, was the sort of um, jitteriness towards the end of the game at Hove on Friday night when we had it absolutely sewn up and then Tom Kodakapo got himself out and then Tom Lamanby was out and then, uh, you know, there was, Tom Abel was out and the nerves set in. Unfortunately, Ben Green stepped up to the plate and knocked off the runs without, a, you know, as cool as you like. And yeah. I do think ben, ben Green is a very much improved cricketer. And and uh, he's bowled well too. He's bowling Yorkers. He bowled them better at Hove on Friday night than he did last night because they were mostly full tosses. But even so, last night a low full toss is still a useful delivery. And, and he's becoming, I think, a very important part uh, in that side. And it, and it's it, it's good to see. So I I'm hard to hard pressed to see any weaknesses in it apart from Tom Lambert's form and and you know form is temporary and class is permanent and all of that's, that that sort of thing. But if we don't get through to the quarterfinals, I'll be very, very surprised and even more disappointed. But it's been a great start. It has, yeah. Lamb was a little bit scratchy at Hove. Uh, what was a little bit disappointing for me was he got out in exactly the same way yeah. On, yeah, last <laughs> night as, uh, as he did Friday night. There was a, a man back at, at deep fine leg and he he, that's, he scooped it uh, down his throat <coughs> at Hove and he scooped it down his throat last night as well. But... I mean, we all know how good a player he is. He's going to come good, so there's there's nothing really to worry about there. Uh, it's it's a big season for Will Smead because after you make the decision to focus solely on white ball cricket, there will be a few naysayers, do mongers, whatever you call them, will say, "Oh, what's he doing? What's he doing?" So you just put that little bit of more pressure on yourself to come out and and prove those guys wrong and not give them any any ammunition. I mean, he was. He didn't get much of the strike Wednesday night, and he looked a little bit scratchy. I agree with Gibbo; he's he's improved over those, those three games. Um, I mean, he's got to come good, isn't he? He's such a talented guy. Yeah, I think so. I think I think that you know, again, it, it was, it's always going to come. You know, with now he's into his you know second, third, fourth seasons. You know, people are going to be analysing him, analysing his technique, and you know now he's playing first cricket. The, scrutiny on his on his game is 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 at an all-time high but i think he just needs to learn you know i think sometimes he can be a bit one-dimensional in in where he's trying to hit the ball you know and he's always going for a sort of so maybe two or three of the same shot but but that'll that'll come you know i think he'll learn to pace things slightly differently and yeah i think i think anthony's right i think his knock last night certainly will give him some confidence and i think you know, it's brilliant the fact that you've got a top four now that he's got the freedom to play, knowing that there's there's plenty of, of runs in the tank, and, and you know it is difficult in the power play sometimes because you are under pressure to score, particularly at Taunton, um, at an extremely high rate. There was an interesting interview in the Times, I think, uh, with um, Will Smead, where he talked about how he hasn't spent the last two months practicing leaving the ball outside the off stump so it has given him time to try some other shots which i thought was really uh, interesting so although people may have um, worked him out he may well have with a little bit more time in the middle worked out some other kind of counter-attacking shots that he can use as well so i uh, you know uh, he's confident young man isn't he and uh, he knows his own mind and uh, i I think he'll come good. And it's a, it's a small thing in the overall scheme of things, isn't it, with the others firing so well. Mark says he's hanging back in the crease too much. Needs to get more on the front foot. 
he's he's but um that that's a professional coach's point of view but i think you know there is there is a problem because unless unless he gets signed up by some of the you know like by the big franchises like the ipl or the big bash he's not going to get much cricket other than in in the blast and, and the hundred and i think that really showed particularly uh, against hampshire when he looked he just looked rusty frankly and and bridgewater a bloody good club side but it's not like playing top level cricket in front of seven thousand people at taunton yeah i mean he says about developing the new shots he's he, He's never really looked like he's going to be the kind of player to play all the flicks and the ramps and, and and the scoops that sort of thing the way that the way that Banton does. He he looks more like a a power hitter down the ground over mid wicket, you know, bashing it through the covers. Did play a lovely square drive last night that was straight out the textbook. Um, so I think I think he's got it there. It's just I just part of me is saying that you know to at twenty one I just you need to be wherever there's an opportunity to play at whatever level it is. You take it and play it, and you just you're just incrementally developing just by playing and playing and playing. And there's only kind of so much you can you can work on in the nets to um, to improve. There's a lot of it is is just playing and playing and playing. And okay, it may be you know a, a second eleven game in front of one man and his dog in a in an outground somewhere, but it's about playing. It's about facing facing different types of bowling, not just being on the bowling machine all the time. So. Yeah, I think you know, like I say, it's a big it's a big um big season from this year, big blast campaign just to try and prove uh, prove himself right in the in this career path that he has. Uh taken what other uh, what other little tidbits do we need to chat about uh, from these uh I think these three I think that, games? I mean I I was I was at I've seen two on the stream the Taunton ones and was at Hove and I thought that the fielding at Hove was Spectacular. I mean, the, some of the catches were out of this world. Oh, Griffiths, Colton, Ball, Abel, the one that he took kind of running in. Um, you, you see so many of those where people don't quite make it and they talk about should you go for it or shouldn't you go for it and save the four. I mean, there's just no doubt in his mind the moment that ball went up in the air, he was herring after it. And I, I, I just thought that was, uh, I mean, the, ta- the catching was great on Wednesday as well, wasn't it? But. Um, Hove is a small ground, and I think you know the the bowl, bowling the ball fast. It goes off the bat quick as well, doesn't it? And that was uh, that was a challenge for um, Matt Henry, and also you know time Samuel Mills is a bit hit or miss um, uh, because the ball's coming so fast when it's going uh, down the hill. So uh, I thought. We did. I thought we played really well there too. Actually, yeah, there was that little sort of hiccup towards the end. But apart from Bapara, no one else really got going. And every time the ball was in the air, apart from there was one, wasn't there? Where uh, Tom dropped one. Tom dropped one. Oh, right towards the end. And, and yeah, that was yeah. a problem, wasn't it? Because then Matt Henry bowled a no ball, waist high, yeah. sort of full toss. Exactly, yeah. The next cost- ball. So that was really costly. We'd have won the game with ease if it hadn't been for for that. But 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 overwhelmingly, um, apart from Bapara, no one really got going, and uh, our uh, fielding um, was spectacular. It was, and uh, Roloff was brilliant as well. Roloff van der Berg. Yeah, he's always brilliant. He, he, bowled, he bowled his he bowled his four overs against Ravi Bapara, who was really you know s- steaming along. And he, what did he go for? About sixteen, something one like that. For, yeah. One for fifteen off his four, and uh, three for twenty-four off his four last night. So yeah, just and just brilliant. He's get he gets better as he gets older. And then Ravi Bapara bowled. He bowled really well. These sort of fifty mile an hour sort of doublers, and 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 that made me wonder about some sometimes when we haven't played very well and we've conceded too many runs in these games people have said oh, all our bowling's all the same it's kind of up and down right arm fast medium and it should be pace off and all the right and we haven't really needed to go to to pace off but um i, I did wonder with roloff bowling as well as he did and ravi babara bowling as well as he did um uh what what is it about our bowling that has made it so effective this year compared with previous years, is it that little bit think, faster? 
No, I think Ben Green is, is doing the pace off stuff. He bowled really well last night. It, taking the pace off, mix, mixing it up. I mean, he bowled, you know, yeah. he bowled really well at Hove as well with, with lots yeah. and lots of numbers and, and again, changing his pace. And he's been, you know, he's been a revelation um, to me, Ben Green, in the last couple of couple of games. I think he's bowled really well. He's added another dimension to the attack. You know, it would be lovely to have Benny, Benny Howell you know, bowling for us or, or someone like that. But, you know, they don't come along very often. And and Ben Green is, is moving in, in that direction. And, you know, couple that with his with his uh, batting ability, which is, you know, very, very... And his, and his cool head mm-hmm. as well. He's got a really good cool head on, it, on his shoulders. And I think he's, you know, he's a key member of that side now. I think the uh, leadership experience that he had last year in the One Day Cups also given him you know, you know, a lot more confidence that you know he's he's he can contribute. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he was called up for the hundred. I've thought exactly the same as that, Ben. Just before we came on, I was just thinking exactly the same. Wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if he gets called up for the hundred. Then we're really in the cart when it comes to the <laughs> Sorry, just going back, just going back to that variation in the attack. I actually think. Um, our, our seamers are different, although they're all right arm. Mm. I think they are very different. I think you at Craigo generally looks to swing the ball away early on, gets bounced. Matt Henry's more like nip bowler, like hits the pitch, so he's looking to hit hard length as well. But if the wicket is offering anything assistant laterally, he's going to exploit it. Um, Siddle's a very, very skillful performer. He's actually real good at the end of the innings, um, has been in the big bash for a number of years. Um, and then uh, Lewis has done really well this year. Lewis yeah. has yes, yeah. in, in, in all formats, but he's kind of got that confidence back and he's been he's been taking wickets during the middle overs actually at a crucial time. I think he's the economy rate under, under five this year, which is obscene. Yep. Um, uh, he's bowled real well, so he's got that option. He bowls a lot of slur balls and, and he's wily, he's changed his pace. So um, uh, You're right about about having been challenged really on a, on a slow, low wicket or something where we actually have to be a bit more smart with our our variations and stuff, but like you say, Ben Ben Green's got that. You got that option with him. Um, mm. You also you also have Lammers. Lammers can bowl some cutters and things like that. Pace off option, um, left arm if you need that variation. But the guys at the moment are doing doing a fantastic job. Um, and uh, Rudolf, Rudolf is, is he's, like you say he's getting better with age. He's had a really really good win too in that SAT twenty competition. Yeah. Come come off the back of that really well. So he's he's flying, um, and I'm sure he'll have a great competition. I think it will be fascinating to see how they go on those. Slow, you know, the, the Gloucesters, the Glamorgans, maybe even the Kents tomorrow night. Sometimes that can be a, a, ch- a one more for the spinners. But I think that that, that is a, a traditionally where we've, you know, Maxi aside, have, have struggled really, haven't we? We've, we've often been, been beaten up on those, on particularly Gloucester. So, you know, whether Sherrod Bashir is, is pushed ahead of Goldsworthy in the pecking order now, it would be interesting to see whether that, you know, even might play all Goldsworthy, Bashir, and Ruler in. In one or two of the games, be interesting how they go. Yeah, as it's just talking about the, the pace option last night. We closed off the innings last night, um, leaving uh, Overton and Henry with overs in the bank. So I think it was uh, Gregory Green and Siddle were bowled the last three overs of that Glamorgan innings. Because to be fair, they did get off to a bit of a flyer in that power play. Uh, Eddie Byron mm. making a statement. Uh, to his uh, former employers about why well, maybe should have got another couple of years on his contract. And he was smashing the ball, uh, the ball round to all parts of the county ground. Um, so yeah, did incredibly well to to pull it back. Um, I think Lewis Gregory's captaincy has been absolutely spot on. It was you know a, a sort of an eleventh hour appointment. I did notice in that picture you sent me over for uh, for Max's brochure that I'm doing that uh, Abe's is sat in the uh, front and centre in the captaincy position. So I presume it was. Uh, it was uh, kind of intended that Abe's would be taking over the T20 or continuing uh, T20 captaincy, and it just sort of changed uh, a little bit eleventh hour. But yeah, I mean flexibility. You know, we looked at uh, Craigo bowled his four overs on the spin um, Wednesday night against Hampshire, and that was you know it was obviously the right thing to do. It was clearly in his favour. He's not sticking to any sort of uh, pre-formulated bowling plans. Uh, interesting field placings as well. I don't know. I don't know if you any of you who were there last night picked this up. But when uh, Chris Cook was facing the sort of the quicker of the seamers, like some Matt Henry, Roloff was stood at, on the edge of the circle at short fine leg, but he wasn't kind of facing the bat as you normally would do. He was kind of turned yes, he, si- was. he was turned side on almost to try and be able to dive forward and, and take a catch from the scoop. That was the only thing I could I could think that there was uh, would be the reason for doing that. Um, 
So yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. He was sort of like t- turning towards the Brian Rose gate a bit, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was Yeah, it was uh, a strange thing, but it's we strange. all Roloff loves an innovation and uh, praise uh, Lewis Gregory was uh, quite happy to to let him get on with it. Right then. Uh no Craigo in the squad for tomorrow. He's uh he's rested. Um who are we bringing in uh for him? Then I'm going straight so I'm going Josh Davey in for Craig and then keeping the keeping the same side. Well, Casey Aldridge would be the alternative. Yeah, I think JD close run thing. Close run thing, I think, between Casey and Josh yeah, Davey. Yeah, I think JD's just been that proven performer over a number of years with a ball and obviously with the bat. He's got us out the uh, the proverbial uh, more than one occasion over the years. So I, I think JD is a more than capable replacement for Craigo. Get some, you know, get him in the team. Get some overs in his legs. Um. J- JD was going through quite a, a, straight, a, a stringent warm-up process at home before, uh, so I think they're just sort of still managing him um, with his with his injury bits and bit bobs. But um, yeah, he looked he looked like he was uh, sending them down pretty well in the warm-up at home. So uh, yeah, I think I think Josh is Josh is ahead of uh, ahead of Casey in the in in the T Twenty stuff. Just through I think T Twenty uh, experience counts for so much in, in in that form of the game. I think actually. Um, having Josh, who's been there and done that and play, played a, a lot of white ball cricket, even if it's been 50 over cricket and he's bowled at death and up top, he's a bit more versatile. I think Casey's probably through the middle at the moment, sort of bowler. Um, yeah. And he needs a power play option, and Josh has done that a fair few times. Uh, uh, I know Casey and, and Craig are similar star bowlers, um, but probably, well, I know, I know Josh will be ahead of uh, Casey in the pecking order for, for T20 cricket. It's an important fixture, this one. It's the Wanderlust family grudge <laughs> match. So Wanderlust Junior is looking forward to it. And Kent aren't doing too badly. They they lost to Surrey, but I think they've won their other two big games. Gloucester. So. Oh, anybody can beat Gloucester. Yeah. But we're well, on a good just... run now. Having been to Gloucester, Canterbury... Gloucester have won today. Two runs, I, I thought. I yeah. watched that, actually. I sat in the garden and watched that on the live stream. And... Um, Famous last words, but you know we look so much better than both those teams. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it gave me. I enjoyed watching it. And it was quite a close game, but uh, um, yeah, it gave me some confidence for the campaign. Watching them sort of slug it out in a not entirely competent fashion. Gloucester's are really going to miss Benny Howe. Really miss him. He was, you know, he was their figurehead. And Higgins as well. And Higgins as well, yeah. Yeah, who's, who's big, you know, who led the way for the Gloucesters when they beat us a couple of years ago. Yeah, he played in that one, Max, when he smashed it for six off the, when they needed a few off the last over. Yeah, yeah. And um, they're both, both dangerous cricketers and, and they both do yeah. similar sort of things. And at Gloucester, they're, they're really, really useful bowlers as well um, on, on those sort of pitches. And, yeah, that'd be a big loss and tough to replace, actually, for Gloucestershire. They've still got David Payne, though. They he's have. Pretty useful. And Marchant Mar- Delanger, who, Mar- yeah, Mar- on his day, on his day, he's as good as anybody, Marchant. He has some, he, to be yeah. fair to him, he did have some bloody good days with us at the ball in the, in the T20 last year. So I'm sure he'll be another one who's uh, keen to uh, um, make a statement against his, his former employers. Uh, just for uh, context and the Vitality Blast table, uh, South Group, uh, Somerset atop uh, with six points from three games, uh, net run rate at 2.58, and that's all you need to know. Um, just one thing from the Glamorgan game. Poor old fella nearly wore that Lewis Gregory six uh, towards the end of our innings in the flats. I don't know if you picked up on it, but I, I was sort of sat more or less the back row of the Somerset stand and clobbered it in. And then there was sort of this this pause, and then about 10, 15 seconds later, this this sort of wispy white-haired face just kind of popped up over the balcony as if to say, what on earth's going on here? And that's, yeah, I'm not quite sure of the wisdom of falling asleep on your balcony where there's a T20 going on. Maybe a championship game, unless TKC's batting. But, uh, yeah, if we get some sort of alarm system in place, Ben, or something like that, just to you know, just yeah. wake everybody up in the flats. Yeah. <laughs> It was a TKC at one. Uh, I think went even higher than that. That was second or third tier of the flats. TKC at one, and then Lewis's went in the bottom tier. But uh, yeah, glad that old uh, old fella's okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, are we done on the blast? Then anything more to uh, talk about these uh, 
last three games that have uh, have gone on. I think it's all been pretty much plain sailing. Just keep the momentum going, build on that. Uh, yeah, so uh, Kent away uh, tomorrow night, and then we've got Middlesex on Friday and Essex uh, at Taunton on Sunday. Um, who's got to put their hand in their pocket and pay five ninety nine for the stream then? Well, Peter, you're going to be there. Gibbo, you're going yeah, to be there. Betty, are you yeah. going as well? Um, I'm not going to this one, um, but um, I've managed to secure a free streaming pass off of Kent Cricket. Uh, <laughs> but I was only allowed one for me and Gordon and Andy Hurry and Scott Thomas, the analyst. So um, they were very, very, uh, very stringent on who they were able to give out passes to. <laughs> Oh, I'll take you a couple of photographs for you, chefs. <laughs> just hold, just hold your phone up, Pete. I just want you. Just yeah. get on, uh, what can you do on Twitch? Is it your, are you a Twitcher? Just, look, just listen to the commentary on the BBC Sport website. You don't. Oh, there's pictures. a thought. We always listen to the commentary. It was fantastic on the on. Uh, what was it uh, Lancashire? You've uh, been on the stream, uh, Sussex last night, and there was one or two more. Let me have a look round. Middlesex. You're mid- no, you weren't on Middlesex. I do. I do think that. But yeah, I mean, as a as a more serious point, Ben, the you know Kent were the first to stick their heads above the parapet on this, and you know, instantly we do know the Somerset fans do like a tweet, and uh, more often than not, a, a moaning tweet. Is this the way that it's going? Is have there been any discussions about doing this uh, for our streams oh. or? Well, I mean, yeah, it's obviously an interesting kind of um, you know surprised everyone. I think you know we we were. Kent as well, they're not even any good. I mean, you know, you'd, yeah. <laughs> if it was Surrey, you could probably understand it, but... Hang on, they won it two years ago. Well, yeah, they did, yeah, 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 fair a few enough. times as well. Yeah, yeah. That's a big statement, that. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely um, put the mockers on it. I mean, Sussex tried it probably five or six years ago um, and quickly sort of um, abandoned the plans when things started to go wrong technically and they were giving out refunds and things like that, but... Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, you know, you know, who knows what the future holds in terms? You know, you look at anything can happen. Um, but yeah, I think I think from our point of view, um, it would be a very quality product um, to charge five ninety nine a game for. Um, I think this this is their first paid for. Game. I think they did the Gloucester game for free as as like a trial. So um, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what sort of reception they get um, from both sets of fans. How many people watch it? You know, there'll be a lot of people. Um, I know I've had some brief chats with the guys at Kent, just inquiring. You know, how they got about it, what they're going to do in terms of um, you know numbers and things like that. So uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I say for from our our point of view, we've got no immediate plans on, on on charging for it. You know, we, as everyone knows, we make some make some money through advertising, and and you know that helps us sort of produce a sort of cost neutral operation. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is it's an interesting step for sure. Got a question on that? Do you, do you reckon it'll drive people to come to the game more if if they're not willing to pay the subscription, they'd rather pay the extra whatever it costs for a ticket to come watch the match? Well, it depends on the format and, the, and a lot, lot, lot of other sort of factors, I think. I think the way I've always seen live streaming is that county cricket doesn't get a lot of love from external media these days. You know, there's not a lot. If you look around the broadsheet papers, the online, you know, they're, they're all in either other sports or they're in other franchise tournaments around the world. So I've always seen the stream as sort of our biggest marketing tool, really. You know, we get that, that many people that are watching your product where you can you know, use it to communicate with people, we use it to kind of get the name of county cricket out there and try and inspire people to come and watch it. So um, I think there's a, maybe a short-term, you know, there might be a few people that don't come and watch a game so they can watch it on the stream. But I think the, the notion around county cricket is that more and more people, it's a, it's a way of engaging and, and getting your brand out there and getting people involved in the sport we all love so uh yeah it's a fascinating debate as to what the lots of long-term you know pluses and minuses of going behind paywalls and things like that are you know i don't you know i'd be i think it's the golden question how much money would you make versus the trade-off you know would, would you would you lose out on advertising revenue would you lose out on 
fans that can become members that can become ticket holders. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly keep a close eye on it. And yeah, myself and a few others are all trying to uh, decipher what's what's the next steps. Really, I mean, I'm all in favour of it. More paywalls, the better. The more people will listen to the BBC. Listen to me and Mark Davis. Get quality commentary. Oh. <laughs> Bloody hell, Gibbo. How many of those wines have you had? That's proper fighting. <laughs> what time did you start and, doing look, the cider shack today? The really big news is that my new commentary box is arriving tomorrow. Oh. It's, what's it called? Gibbo, Gibbo's Rustic Bus Shelter. <laughs> I was calling it. But it's in a fantastic position where we were last night under the gazebo in the corner of the, uh, the Thatcher's Terrace. A fantastic view. Well, it, it was supposed to be arriving tomorrow. Well done, Gibbo, Sunset County Cricket Club. It was supposed to be arriving. It was supposed to be arriving no. t- uh, tomorrow, Gibbo. But well, I know it was, but you know, it's good. Cool. Things come then. to those who wait. Yeah. That's true. What are we going to do? We'll come... the... Sorry, Pete, you go. I just said no. We'll all come and see you for auto. We'll queue for autographs in orderly fashion yeah, on Friday absolutely. night. Absolutely, you must come up. Yeah, and come up yeah, and see us tomorrow night as well in the um, in at the, in the commentary box. And well, we're not think, far from you know. the pavilion. We're just just around the corner. Yeah, in the, the corner of the stand between the pavilion and the Frank Woolley stand. Okay. So does this I'll mean do Friday night we're finally going to have the Viking longboat burning Gibbo's commentary <laughs> cabin drifting down the tone, never to be <laughs> yeah. seen again? We've got plenty of uses for that. It's, it's, it's officially going to be turned into a store cupboard. <laughs> what? No way. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need somewhere to work remotely. Well, you won't be the distracted by the play because you yeah. can hardly see it. <laughs> <laughs> we could rent it out. See, that was one of my ideas for County Creek that I had many moons ago. Is if you're if you're remote working, so you just got yourself and your laptop. And you just needed a space to work at the cricket. A sort of not necessarily you don't want to spend all the money on a hospitality box, but just somewhere where you can sit and watch the cricket and have your laptop on with a bit of Wi-Fi, a little bit of coffee somewhere. That'd be ideal. It's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, you, tell, tell Caroline yeah. about that when you get in tomorrow. That'd be a few extra quid yeah. to pack it there. Obviously, you don't send it to me. All right, right, we're cracking on there. This is a bloody long one tonight. Right, uh, listeners' questions then. Uh, one for you, Max. Uh, your favourite film, food, and song? That's from John Hayes. Uh, film would be Law Abiding Citizen. Oh, was that the other one? Yeah. 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 Um, food, steak, and chips. Can't be a good steak. Medium rare with a peppercorn sauce. And then what was the last one, sorry? Uh, favourite song? Uh, I'm a bit of a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, to be honest. So, uh, the one Somerset walk out to, can't stop. <laughs> or, used to, sorry, used to walk out to. Used to walk out to. I was, when I saw that from John, I was trying to, trying to think of something that could be a film, a food, and a song. Red Hot Chili Peppers could kind of be two of those. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, if you can think of something that's a film, food, and a song, do get in touch. Um, Rightio, where should we go then? Ben, uh, are you officially working tonight? <laughs> depends what the question is <laughs> well I think you probably know what the question is because you were tagging quite a few uh, threads on this uh, shall we say teething problems with a ticketing app yeah yeah, yeah. we've had a few um, few things with the, with the ticketing app that we're just we're working on um, yeah so like I guess um, we're going through a, a single sign on process that I'm sure everyone's uh, aware of Um you know, it's something that all a lot of sports clubs are, are going through. You know, a lot of Premier League football clubs have gone through it. A lot of a lot of clubs are going through it now. Um, it is a tricky process. Um, you know, it was never going to be a completely clean process. Um, there have been some some challenges along along the way, but yeah, rest assured, we're kind of working really hard on on making it as best as we possibly can. And I, and I do genuinely think that you know, in, in I mean, weeks and months once people have migrated, um, the experience will be, be really seamless moving forward and we can do a lot more with it. Um, and, and I know Gordon mentioned in his letter, but it is, it is a case of short-term pain, long-term gain. Uh, 
and yeah we're, we're just trying the best you know everyone that's come to us with a problem we've been able to sort um you know there's never been any sort of major problems on the gates or anything like that um you, you know these things can build up in facebook groups and that sort of thing but um you know there, there's probably been a couple of hundred people out of 15 or 16,000 have entered the ground and the ones that are having no problems at all or have done it fine you, you don't hear from those 15,800 people um so yeah it, it, you know not to mind that there's a there's some tweaking to do and we're, we're working hard on it but um i'm sure that once we um once we've gone through the next sort of few weeks, the the, the sort of rainbow sky will be uh, be with us. Good stuff. I've got a question for you. Hypothetically, what would happen if you were to rebroadcast your copy of the Kent stream tomorrow night through the Somerset YouTube channel? Well, we were we were genuinely <laughs> thinking about putting it on our big screen and inviting people to come and watch. <laughs> um, but we we like Kent. Um, if it had been, so <laughs> we like the people at Kent. They're nice. It'd be nice a bit fun. awkward with the president being there in the in the, in the, <laughs> yeah. in the house, and all of a sudden they get like, all these phones getting <laughs> shoved in his face. What are your lot doing, Pete? What are your lot doing? And <laughs> um, there we like Kent. So that's a no, then. No, that's a stick no. your, uh, stick, I might have to stick my hand in my pocket. I just, I just had a, a, a brief thought actually, with, with reference to the point about uh, encouraging local people to go to the game. Let's say you are, you know, where do you put your credit card details in? You've got to put your postcode in. And if your postcode isn't, uh, what would it be for Canterbury? TN or CT or whatever it is? CT. TN would be Tunbridge Wells. I want to if Cadbury was in the Tunbridge Wells. So if you, if you haven't got a CT postcode, you can get it for like a quid. If you have got a CT postcode, you've got to pay. Something to think about. Anyway, moving on. Uh, cool, there's a lot of chatter going on on, on the the the, um, the questions thread tonight. Uh Andy Cleave, how impressed we've been with Lewis Gregory's captaincy? Uh, I think we've all covered that one, Andy. All, all very impressed. Ah, uh, this is a good one. Uh, so, should we look to bat first at a game or keep to the winning formula of bowling first and chasing? At some point during the competition, we will need to set a total. Thoughts? Well, Mark keeps saying that um, we ought we ought to bat first. You know, back ourselves. We've got a fantastically strong back, batting lineup, but. I don't think it matters too much, in all honesty. I think I think we can win games of T20 cricket with that side, whether we bat first or bat, bat second. You know, I'm, uh, and if they're happier chasing, well, you know, so be it. I'm, I trust in Lewis. I think all the games so far, it's been the correct call to, to chase. There's been significant benefits in, in chasing. I mean, I'm assuming that Lewis Gregory won't win 14 tosses, so I imagine it, some of it will be inserted. So... Uh, yeah, but I think I don't think you should. What form that works? Don't think you should go away from that just to, just for the sake of trying something different. What was sort of the preferred um, way around of doing things when you when you were playing, Max? Did it kind of always sort of stay the same, or sort of varying with different captains and different squads uh, that you had over the years? I think Max is frozen. Either that, or he's really, really giving me the stink eye. <laughs> I, think, I think Max is frozen. Looking very serious. We'll come back to that. Um, Knitted bros. Uh, uh, Chris Payne said, I think Chris is now replying to Andy's thing about experimenting. Uh, we'll lose the toss at some point. Gents, don't reply to each other's questions. They're for us. This gets really confusing now. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. Um, oh, well, th this one from Dan. Dan is uh, Dan is at his uh, his four pen. This one is about the uh, the issue with readmission after what was it five apples five between the double. So it's a double header on Sunday. I think you could leave before five and come back, but if you left after five, you weren't able to come back in, which is uh, cause a bit of consternation. Dan's point is, what's the issue with my sitting in my seat for three hours? Nipping out for an hour and then sitting in my seat for three hours more, I suppose, to sitting in my seat for seven hours. I guess this is all a congestion, sort of crowd management issue, uh, issue, Ben and, and Pete. If you're uh, if you're across this as well, yeah. I mean, Pete, feel free to to, uh, but yeah, absolutely. Security, health and safety, um, customer experience, queuing. You know, there are a lot of lot of reasons why. Um, you know the, the double header art is a logistical challenge to get people in and out um 
yeah, what, what's, what, what, what could be quite challenging is if 4,000 people decide to nip off to the Ring of Bells for an hour and then Don't try the and all to complain, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll try and come back in at quarter past six. It, it could get quite quite interesting, but um. I don't know if you want to add any more on that from your side. I, I don't. I don't have an official answer, but I just think, uh, just thinking about the, the the logistics and experience at other sporting venues. I mean, it's lovely that the Taunton Cricket Ground is bang in the middle of the town centre, but you don't normally expect to go to an elite sporting fixture and sort of drop in and out of the uh, venue and imagine that you can sort of pitch up with a few minutes to go and. Uh, and get straight back into the seat that you had earlier in the afternoon. So uh, I think people need to be a little bit realistic about all of this. The, these are real kind of prime seats, uh, fantastic sporting occasions. Um, and if if you got one, uh, I'd uh, you know hold on to it. Um, so may, I, it's frustrating when you talk about it in the abstract. But uh, on the other hand. Uh, I think, yeah, get get in early, get yourself a decent seat, and enjoy the day. I don't think the, the I know you know Sarah and Virginia operations team. They they don't do things just to be awkward or make members' lives difficult. You know, there's well, that's you know, not what the people on Facebook and, say, Ben. And 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 even even more than that, Ben. I mean, uh, the 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 stewards and the team are exceptionally sensitive to exceptional circumstances so quite often on the uh, on the chatter in social media you will get a particular case which um, relates to some specific circumstances and I am confident that the that common sense prevails uh, in those circumstances and something exceptional is done um, but you can't organize an entire fixture around you know one exceptional case so again i think i just ask people to be um realistic and tolerant and patient and try and as i say get in there and enjoy enjoy yourselves and if you have a problem there are some great staff around the ground who and i think the feedback this year is um generally speaking you know more positive than last year as well when we were coming out of covid and there were a lot of new staff at the ground for the first time that still is a challenge you know the labor market is incredibly tight and the training of new people um for for a new season is still a big logistical issue um for the club nevertheless um i'm hearing that things are um better than they were last year which is a good thing and i'll find out a bit more for myself this weekend because i'm looking forward to coming down for a long weekend in taunton for these two fixtures coming up so people can come and moan to me if they want to leave ben alone are we gonna have some sort of uh uh i don't know uh like a speaker's corner type thing and you're just gonna be sitting on a soapbox <laughs> in the middle of the car park you know i'll wear my badge <laughs> there is a there is a forum on thursday evening as well which will be publicized tomorrow so uh if anyone does anything any specific for gordon uh, is, that, is that going to be oh. an online uh, online job is it ben all right Fantastic! Looking forward to that, Maxi. You, you dropped off just as I was uh, talking about uh, tosses and um, sort of throughout your. I mean, you've got a you know you would have played a, a bunch of, under a broad spectrum of different teams, different captains during your, your time at Tottenham. What was what was generally the feeling that it was best to do, and did it kind of change as as you had specific personnel overseas in different approaches from captains, etc. Uh, I think so. I think uh, Taunton generally is, is quite hard to defend. So I think I think uh, chasing is uh, usually a good way to go with the with the powerful batting like we've always had over the years. Um, but again, if you get if you get two hundred plus, it's very very difficult. With it. If you get a couple of good overs in there, it's very very difficult to chase as well. If you if you take wickets, so um, I think that's quite like natural for us. I, I do I do like I, I do like the chase the idea of chasing um, with the powerful batting lineup. Um, uh, but and, and a small ground and 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 uh, good wicket, so uh, I'd predominantly err on the on the side of, of chasing. But um, and I always used to like getting get um, I want to get there and do it, so I want to get the ball in hand as soon as possible. So I used to like bottom first, but that's uh, a personal preference rather than rather than the team thing. Um, but yeah, I think we we we, we were pretty good chasing. Great stuff. Right, uh, just wandering through, uh, make sure I've not missed off any uh, any listeners' questions. I don't think I have. 
And if I ever do apologise, but there's far too, far too much of a thread to uh, to wander through this week. Uh, gents, do we have any other business? I'm desperate to know what you're barbecuing, Gibbo. I saw you wandering through it past with tongs in hand a, a second or two ago. Uh, sausages, lamb chop, and some chicken and a steak. Blimey, how many you got coming round? <laughs> oh, it's just me and me and the wife. Oh, <laughs> Well, if, you, if, you're, if you're in the Langport area at the moment uh, and you are a bit peckish, uh, just pop over to Gibbo's. Just follow uh, follow the, the smell of uh, of uh, some of, some of the finest uh, produce cooking on uh, on Gibbo's barbecue. Uh, Maxie, thanks very much uh, for coming on tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, best of luck with the testimonial. Yeah, all the events are on the website, which is www.maxwtestimonial.co.uk um, there'll be there's brochures I think available in the, in the club shop um, I'll be doing a signing session I think during the Surrey game as well um, outside the shop so if you want to get your brochures um, there uh, then I'll, I'll be around for a chat and um, happy to have, have a chat with anyone about, about cricket or, or otherwise um, and yeah the, the events are on the website um, I'll try and keep uh, posted throughout the year and, and hopefully the the club and you can make it a few mentions on the on the Commentary that'd be great, Anthony. Um, yeah, I certainly will. I certainly will, Max. No problem. Or ben, much, Ben's not uh, allowed to. You're not allowed to do it on the live stream, are you? There's I, all these... I think. I think uh, can, Ben can check, say check out the website and the tag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all these um, insanely yeah. complicated rules about testimonials about what you can and can't do for tax purposes and all this and all this side of things. I don't envy uh, trying to envy you trying to stay in the on the right side of those, Maxi. Um, no, sure. Good stuff then. Uh, I think we're done for the night. We've uh, just crept over an hour. Thanks for staying with us. Any, uh, any, I'll put my teeth in. Any other, any other business? No, just looking forward to beating Kent tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kent, yeah. So we got yeah Kent tomorrow night down at Canterbury, and then two home games: Middlesex uh, on Friday night under the lights, and then Essex Sunday afternoon. Looking forward to those. Uh, hopefully, catch up. Particularly with you guys even then. more looking forward to beating Essex. He's not. He's like. not. He's not coming, is he, Gibbo? I, d- I don't know. He might do. Oh God! They haven't <laughs> played a game yet, Essex, have they? No, they haven't. No, no, yeah. no. That's very strange. Let's have yeah. this day on nil points. Oh, yeah. that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? That'd be absolutely lovely. <laughs> Radio fellas, Maxi, it's been a pleasure. So we'll bump into each other at Tour over the next few uh, few days. And uh, yeah, thanks very much for listening. Just tipped over an hour, so I'll let you go and all have your have all go and have your tea. It's all right. Cheers. Cheers, everyone.